Hello, you are very welcome to today's event, Closing the Digital Gender Gap, looking at women's participation in the digital economy. Today, organized by KDTJU, the key digital technologies joint undertaking and presented by your active. My name's Jennifer Baker. I will be your moderator today, putting your questions to our great panel of experts. Don't forget, you can put those down there in the chat box next to this camera view. Now, you can also share online on social media. Use the hashtag KDTJU. Now, we are going to have to welcome us and, and set the stage for us. We are very delighted to welcome Maria de Gracia Carvalho, member of the European Parliament, who was also a senior advisor to the Commissioner for Research, Science and Innovation, Carlos Muedas, uh, during the older commissions. So previously, she was also a member of the European Parliament from 2009 to 2014 and was also one of the rapporteurs on Horizon 2020. So a great deal of knowledge around the issues of innovation and science and technology and the digital economy that we're talking about today. So thank you very much. Over to you. We're really delighted to hear your opening remarks. Thank you very much, Jennifer. I, I would like to start to thanking um, KDT, the, the Key Digital Technology Joint Undertaking, and um, for having me here. Uh, and I'm truly happy to be part of this seminar. Actually, today is, uh, in spite of the, the gloomy and the sad news that we have around, it's a day that uh, has some good news for women. Um, we are going to vote later this afternoon uh, a directive uh, that has been blocked for 10 years in, in Council and was unblocked uh, two days ago and now is going to be voted in the FAM committee in order to start negotiations. That is a directive of the women on boards that creates the conditions to have more women on the boards of the companies that are uh, on the stock exchange. So uh, it's a good day. But today we are also here to talk about the gender uh, digital gap. Uh, and I'm uh, uh, quite honored that I, I have been the rapporteur of an initiative report on exactly this issue, the, the gender um, uh, digital gap. And uh, one of my recommendations in that report report was exactly that the actors, the stakeholders would organize seminars and actions like the present one. So uh, my congratulations to KDTGU and to Aeroactive for taking up the idea and organizing this because it's very important that we disseminate the message that we show role models, women that are in digital, that are in the ICT field. Uh, I'm, I'm also uh, very pleased because I was the rapporteur of the joint undertaking uh, key digital technology for the next seven years. So I'm very proud uh, of their good work. Uh, and I always look at uh, the, the initiatives that I've been rapporteur and when they uh, perform good work. I feel very happy, very uh, honored, like it is my, my, I feel a bit like it's my own work. So uh, for that reason, uh, I, I'm also very, very much 
uh, engage in this in this initiative because I feel part of the in certain way I feel part of the key digital technology joint undertaking. Um, so uh, let's talk about the the digital um, gender gap. Um, I realize. Uh, mainly during my, my responsibilities uh, on higher education, science and innovation in Portugal. I was twice minister and I have been pushing for um, policies to attract more girls to science. And we have been quite successful in all areas apart from digital. Uh, we have very good records in uh, physics, bio, uh, especially on biology and all bio. Uh, uh, we managed to, we, we have indicators that are uh, top in Europe and even in the world. But in digital, we we still are in the European average. That is very low. We, we know that only 17% of the um, professionals in digital are uh, women and uh, more or less the same percentage in the in the students in the university and in the higher education students. So we are not improving for the future. So and uh, that is uh, uh, is quite uh, bad for two reasons. First is um, a question of the rights of the women because this uh, we know that in the future most of the jobs and of the occupations require capacities in ICT so this will be a factor of discriminator if the women do not have these skills and um, um, second they are better remunerated uh, jobs or occupations so we in certain way we are increasing uh, the the pay gap we have been in the past few years uh, improving in the condition of women, improving on reducing the pay gap, the salary pay gap. And now with this, this, with this low percentage of women in ICT, we are going backwards. More discrimination, more pay gap and special, we, are in, we will increase the uh, pension pay gap. And that is very bad because one of the uh, class of uh, people that are in more risk of poverty are exactly the pension, the women that are older women with very low pensions. So this will increase that, that problem in Europe. So we need to act. We need to act because of women, but we need to act because of the economy. One of our po the points that we have in front of us is that we are not at the forefront yet of the digital transformation when we compare with the US or with Southeast Asia. And one of the reasons, there are more reasons like infrastructure and other problems, but one of the reasons is the lack of skills. And one of the reasons that we don't have enough skills is that we are neglecting almost half of the population for this. So these were quite worry facts. So I proposed to do an initiative report on this. Uh, first, I analyzed the situation and the data, very careful looking at the data. And we saw that the, there are two main reasons that we have the, the um, um, less number of women in this. One is they don't choose 
uh, when they they need to choose the university degree the girls tend to choose other and the ones that choose they tend to abandon more than in other areas so the the what we call the leaky pipeline so we analyze the different uh, uh, sources we can uh, debate a little bit more during the the debate uh, the stereotype is very is very important and we put forward recommendations in the education for schools for the families for the society in general uh, try to 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 fight the stereotypes when you are very young so this starts for very young girls uh, this kind of stereotypes after in employment and the behavior on the um, inside the the companies is is very important the role of the media and the role of the the communication to present more role models more women that are in the area that are public in television in newspapers is very important uh, the 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 role of the the models the the role of the European Commission with the training, with the participation of women in, in the projects, uh, in research projects involve ICT and in all my reports I have included that as a positive element for evaluation, the diversity of the teams, uh, and that is important. The role of the public administration recommendations for the member states, so we have set a complete set of recommendations that are very important for the, the institutions and the society to follow. All this can be uh, discussed during the debate and uh, thanks again for giving in certain way a follow-up to the report uh, exactly one of the recommendations we need to discuss, we need to put in place the recommendations of this report for the good of women but also for the good of our society. Thank you very much. Thank you indeed for opening our event today and thank you as well for all that hard work that went into the report. I'm sure we'll be able to share that in the chat so that people can take a closer look at it in their own time. And of course this report is from 2020, but since then, of course, we've seen a huge change in the uptake of ICT. The COVID pandemic forced a lot of people online who were maybe not so familiar before. So it's really, in some ways, enhanced that gap. It's, it's made it tougher whilst at the same time raising digital awareness. So we'll try to focus on the positives and look at how we can over the gaps and, and those inequalities that we will see throughout our conversation today. So thank you very much. We, I know you are staying with us for the rest of our discussion. Now we were due, unfortunately, to have a keynote today from Commissioner Maria Gabriel, but unfortunately, just due to a last minute problem, she is unable to send us that message today. But I am delighted that stepping in to fill her shoes, I'm sure amply, we have from the Commissioner's Cabinet, Irina Reis, who is in charge of digital policy, external relations and gender equality in innovation, research, education, culture and sport, amongst many other files. Thank you very much, Irina, for joining us at such short notice. Um, let me hand over to you. Tell us what you're working on and why you think this subject is so important. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for for having me. Um, and thank you for KDTJU also for organizing this seminar. Um, I believe with the budget of 5 billion euros and so many participations already in the JU, I, definitely I think you can lead the way. Um, I would like to share some ideas and food for thought of uh, what 
more could be done. And I will do so by giving you a bit examples of ongoing actions. Uh, first, I think committing to and implementing gender inclusive policies. We are trying to do so through Horizon Europe, uh, institutional change. Uh, a main novelty has been that we ask public bodies, higher education institutions to have a gender equality plan in place and in implementation. A plan that should be led by the management. And today, I think we have more than 5,000 organizations who have uh, submitted such a plan and have an exchange around it. Um, the gender dimension is also examined when experts evaluate Horizon Europe proposals. This is new, this requires training, and this requires also a bit more diversity among our evaluators. And that's why this year we are trying to proactively recruit more women evaluators, especially in the digital sphere. Second point of strand of action that I hope to inspire you with is to support women-led digital companies. So last year, Commissioner Gabriel launched the first, actually on European level, call to support women-led startups in deep tech. And this is done through grants, 75,000, and through coaching and mentoring program. The first call had place for only 50 uh, selected women, and we received over 400 applications from. I think we are having a, a technical problem there. Unfortunately, if only we had someone there at Arena's end to help us solve it. But I think, unfortunately, Arena, we've lost you for the so moment. This year, ah, Commissioner Gabriel decided to double the budget of 10 euros in the next call and we expect to fund 130 companies. The, the Women Tech EU is not the only scheme for women innovators to apply to. The EIC, the European Innovation Council, has actively worked to increase the women-led uh, funded startups. Last year they increased from 8% to 29%. This was done by prioritizing women CEOs after they have uh, passed the first pitching, uh, the first evaluation uh, phase. This year, our goal is 40% women-led startups under the EIC. The EIT is also trying to do their thing. EIT Digital, for example, uh, published, I think just two weeks ago, the third edition of their European female-led deep tech landscape. And it covers over 100 digital European women-led companies who together employ 4,700 people and have raised 1.3 billion euros. What I want to say with that is that it's possible, the talent is out there. And um, actions like that have an impact. A third, and I will conclude with that, necessary strand of action where we think we, we absolutely need the private sector on board is to get more girls interested in digital technologies and to pursue them in studies. Uh, the digital education plan is in full mode and indeed it focuses on, on improving skills, infrastructure, but also the actual interest and confidence to pursue such studies. And we, we heard a bit about the statistics. Uh, the, for example, the Gender Equality Institute shows that there are only four countries where teenage girls express an interest to work in the ICT sector. Four EU countries. 
So uh, indeed, we all know that we can and should do more to increase this interest, especially in STEM careers. So that is why this year is, is it is also the European Year of Youth. We are collecting more good practices and actions. Um, practices like, for example, the Girls Go Circular project that has a learning program about the circular economy, but using digital technologies. And so far it focused on school girls because that's the essential focus group from 12 to 16 years. And they have already trained 2,300 girls in 329 schools. This is a good example, but I think we need more like more of these projects. Um, last point, it was about role models and how we can highlight already uh, girls and women who are active in this in this field. And I think uh, I would end with the, the new SHEEU Leads campaign. This is a social media campaign that will feature video messages from more than 50 young women. Um, that share their uh, challenges, their dreams on how to succeed in innovation, in culture and education, and of course, also the digital world. So I hope that some of these ideas uh, has spurred um, that we continue just talking about them now in the seminar. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. And again, thank you for jumping in at such short notice. I know, Irina, you're going to stay with us for a little bit of our discussion today. So. Let me introduce then our next panellists. We have representatives from the European Commission as well as from industry. So we're going to have joining us, we have Antonietta Angelova Krasteva, who is the Director for Innovation, Digital Education and International Cooperation at DGEIC for Education, Youth, Sport and Culture at the European Commission. Colette Maloney is the head of unit microelectronics and photonics industry within DG Connect, also at the European Commission. Ralph Bornfeld is senior vice president of automotive electronics division, Robert Bosch, and of course, for today's interest, also governing board chair at KDTJU. And last but not least, Cynthia Silvestri is founder and CEO of Beyond. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me. Uh, we've heard already from our representatives, Irina and Maria. So let me hand over the floor now to Antonetta to give us your framing thoughts for the discussion we're going to have over the next hour. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Jennifer, and good afternoon uh, to all. Uh, let me start uh, also by thanking the Key Digital Technologies uh, joint undertaking and uh, Euroactive for organizing today's uh, online seminar. Uh, this is an extremely important uh, topic, uh, closing the digital uh, gender gap. So I'm uh, very happy to participate uh, in this uh, uh, panel with uh, all the distinguished uh, speakers as this shows. Uh, the pertinence of this uh, topic and the high importance we attach uh, to it. Uh, having said that, just to complete that as a directing uh, DG AIRC, I'm also responsible for the implementation, super, supervision of the implementation of the Digital Education Action Plan, uh, which was already mentioned by my colleague uh, Irina. 
but also for uh, the European Institute of uh, Innovation and Technology uh, in Budapest and the Maurice Kodowska Curie Actions, the two are part of the Horizon Europe uh, program. So uh, just uh, a few highlights uh, as opening uh, remarks. Uh, first of all, uh, the set was very nicely, the scene was very nicely set by uh, Mrs. Carvalho and by uh, Irina. And uh, what we see is that uh, uh, indeed the need to close the gender gap has been an issue for, uh, a, for a lot of years. And there are a lot of initiatives, actions that have been taken uh, over the past uh, years. A lot has been achieved, but uh, despite uh, these various uh, um, initiatives and actions, we see that uh, uh, the progress is still slow and uh, the problem is uh, still persistent. So uh, we've heard some of the figures, Mrs. Carvalho uh, already referred that there are only 14% uh, women in uh, digital. Uh, we know that uh, uh, more women than men graduate uh, tertiary education in the EU, 57%. However, uh, there is a clear gap when uh, it comes to STEM and ICT as we, as we see here that uh, less than a quarter of doctoral graduates uh, are in the EICT uh, field. Uh, second, uh, the second point I would like to make, uh, we all agree that we live in an increasingly uh, digital world. We all know the extent to which digital technologies have penetrated our lives, our economies and our society. Uh, therefore, we cannot uh, indeed allow girls and women in the EU to miss out on the crucial 21st century skills and on the economic uh, uh, opportunities they bring. And that was a point very cre clearly made also by Mrs. Uh, Carvalho. That is why uh, it is a top priority for the Commission to change the situation and take further uh, actions. So what is important is uh, indeed to ensure that uh, uh, women have equal opportunities uh, to participate in the digital economy, and this is not only a right to do so, but it is also indispensable uh, in terms of Europe's technological leadership and uh, prosperity. And my uh, last point is, how can we make a difference? How can we achieve this? So. Our experience shows so far that we need a holistic approach uh, when it comes to solving the problem of the digital uh, gender gap. And we need uh, joined up uh, efforts to meaningfully uh, tackle this issue. So only when all sectors work together, public and private, on all levels, uh, European, national, regional, local, we can succeed and uh, we can make a difference. So this is what we are also doing um, on the Commission side. We work across, across policy areas, across sectoral programs in order to address uh, the uh, digital um, gender gap. And uh, therefore, I look very much forward to our discussion today uh, and to have uh, this uh, conversation, having uh, the various insights and perspectives when addressing the issue of the digital gender gap. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I think also you've helped reinforce a little bit what Maria was saying at the beginning. Colette, let me turn to you. Um, tell us what's the, the perspective from uh, DG Connect. I think you're on mute. 
Sorry about that. So, hello everybody. Thanks, thanks a lot for the invitation to participate in this uh, panel today. So, um, what I was planning to do was focus a little bit on semiconductor technologies. Um, it's, it's the area um, for which I am responsible, research and industrial policy in the area. Um, and semiconductor technology is a key um, underlying technology, actually, for all all digital technologies. Um, it's also a particularly complex area as well from the technical point of view. Um, um, so um, a few words, just for just my personal observations, first of all. Um, I've been involved in this area now for about five years, I think almost five years. And um, participating in conferences and meetings, um, the very first thing that strikes you is that there are very few women present, certainly in technical meetings, um, technical workshops, conferences of all sorts. Um, then you look up the statistics uh, for semiconductor technologies and um, in particular the participation of women executives in, in the area. Um, and wherever you look, um, because there are different figures, but ultimately there are certainly less than 10 percent of women in leadership roles uh, in the area of semiconductor technologies. So, uh, you know, at, at all levels, I, I, I think there is certainly room for more participation of women. Um, how are we tackling how are we tackling this um, gender gap? Um, the, the main instrument we are using, um, and I guess that that doesn't differ to what my predecessors have said, is the, the area of skills. Um, um, in this area, we, we, we have two activities that are ongoing. Um, one is a project, it's called the METIS project, which was supported under um, the Erasmus programme. And, um, and, and a cross-cutting activity, it runs throughout all of the activities, um, which are about reskilling people, upskilling people and supporting um, education um, um, in semiconductor technologies, which we call microelectronics um, also. Um, that, that, that's a cross-cutting element um, of this project, um, the effort to increase skills, but also to to um, because there are big skills shortages in Europe here, but also the effort, um, which makes an awful lot of sense when you are short of engineers, to encourage more women to be part um, of the sector. We are also, microelectronics was one of the first areas actually, um, where we signed up to the Pact for Skills. Um, activities now are ramping up with the CHIPS Act, uh, which was um, um, adopted in February uh, this year, um, we, we, we want to now really gear up the activities that we have running um, in, in skills. Again, um, the, the Pact for Skills is very much the same as the METIS project, except it's really scaled up now. We want to invest a lot of money and a lot of effort in the area of microelectronics to um, increase the participation of women. Um, 
to that end, um, we, we, we have also um, we, we, we have um, also got special activities um, on um, addressing the gender gap. Um, this this part actually of the activities um, on addressing the gender gap is led uh, by a woman who has founded her own company and is now chairman of or chairwoman of the board of the company. And her name is Francois Chaumbar. Uh, the company is called Malexis and it's situated here in Belgium. Um, the Pact for Skills, um, the, the organization uh, which has taken the leading role is Semi Europe. Um, so that's um, what I wanted to say. Um, just yeah, to kick off um, to, to kick off the discussion that here in the semiconductor part, microelectronics part of digital, that we really need engineers. We need um, women engineers. We need women executives, um, and we want to see the number increase across the board. If I might be a little bit opportunistic as well, um, we, 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 the, the KDT joint undertaking, which is run by my unit, um, we will be publishing um, a post for the executive director of the KDT joint undertaking. Um, um, and we would really like to attract women candidates to apply to that post. Um, any further information, any interest, let me know. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, uh, Colette, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll reiterate your, your call for women to get involved and in touch regarding that role as well towards the end of our discussion. Ralph, uh, let me turn to you as our token man. Uh, this isn't just a women's issue because this is about the future of Europe and the economy altogether. Give me your opening thoughts and, and your framing uh, for our discussion. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer, for welcoming me. And I'm very happy to be with you on the panel today. Um, so for us, it's pretty clear. The future will be digital. There is no way around. Yeah? So we cannot achieve the, the big goals we have, for instance, in, the, in respect of the Green Deal, if we do not work on more digital in the future. And that is why I'm very happy that I can share the governing board of the key digital technologies joint undertaking. So this is a seven years program now, we already heard. And, and what, is, what is the goal? The ultimate goal is to form the European Commission, 31 participating states and three industrial associations covering the whole value chain of the electronics component and system business and to form them to be able to pull the rope jointly to bring your rope to the forefront of digital technologies. This is what we call key digital technologies. Well, uh, we know that we are not alone on the planet, that other regions are in the race for that as well. And therefore, it's very important that we use all talent that is available across Europe to achieve that goal. And this for sure needs also to, to strengthen the focus on attracting more talent, more female talent there. And that's the reason why I think the key digital technology is on the one side a good instrument to incorporate in the program that we, we do and in the, in the um, 
in the projects we will be running uh, a lot of female talent, but it's on the other side, and that is maybe more important for the time beyond the digital technologies joint undertaking. It is also an instrument to do marketing and drive changes throughout um, the, the whole um, uh, European societies that this stereotype way of dealing with the roles of men and women uh, in some societies in some of our countries may change to drive on the longer range um, that, that we will have more female in the STEM areas. So that is very important. And I think we can make a very good contribution there in these two aspects. Therefore, we need and must focus on both. Thank you. Um, Cynthia, let me turn to you and give us your personal experience and tell us a little bit about Beyond as well for those in our audience who may not know it. Thanks a lot for inviting me here. Uh, first of all, because I I feel like a product of a KDT joint undertaking because actually Beyond is a spin-off of a European project of the previous Horizon 2020 program. Uh, basically, uh, Beyond strive to bring diversity and inclusion in biological studies by engineering microchips. We invented a computer chip in which biologists can insert human stem cells and uh, the chip uh, performs like a human body. Basically, it nourishes, stimulates and monitors those cells, allowing the possibility to basically integrate our genetic background early on when developing new drugs. So it's not science fiction, but actually our technologies that are out there and they are developed during all these Horizon 2020 framework. So that's why it's really important to invest in innovation and uh, the risking possible companies that can come out there. And um, what we actually have to tackle every day is the integration of uh, different kind of uh, professionalism. So uh, biologists that have to communicate with uh, software engineers, but also uh, process engineers. So it's really important to develop a, a strong culture inside these uh, companies. Uh, that can also attract women, uh, because as we know, there are not many women talent out there. But I think also having uh, an example, in this case, a CEO, it can become a role model for other women to say, OK, I can also start as a junior and then uh, grow up uh, and make my career in the company as well. So what I believe is that uh, policymakers are helping us and uh, a lot can still be done. But I think if and the corporate or the startup environment does not start to invest intentionally on creating inclusive and collaborative culture, then uh, we cannot pretend that only policymakers can make a change. And uh, that's something that I think in the startup world in particular, we are really um, uh, communicating a lot and try to develop uh, a structure that can allow new generation uh, of women and men to be inspired and work for a greater good in an environment that they might like. Well, thank you very much. Um, although you say we must look at culture, we're also going to talk a little bit about policy here today and what, of course, uh, the different bodies at EU level can do, because so many of these things we talk about, uh, the, the difficulties in overcoming a skills shortage, fall under what we call national competencies for education, for example. But there must be levers we can pull, and we're going to talk about that. Um, first, uh, 
Antoinette, let me come to you first because I see you nodding there. And I want to ask you, how do we break down those barriers that are created around STEM subjects for, for, for young girls or teenagers? Um, and, and what would be your suggestions there that we could do? Thank you, Jennifer, for this uh, question. I hope you You're can good. hear me. I don't know. But yes, yes uh, thank you. Uh, of course, uh, thank you for this question, uh, Jennifer. Uh, when we talk about barriers, we are aware that uh, there is a, a wide range of uh, barriers um, which hold back uh, girls and uh, women in STEM and ICT, both in schools, but also in their careers. So today I would like particularly to focus on three of them. And the first one is uh, the uh, gender stereotypes. It's been already mentioned uh, by uh, other speakers as well. The second one is uh, the lack of female uh, role models and mentors and the way we teach uh, STEM and ICT in school. So uh, studies show that gender stereotypes uh, um, are due to uh, culture, social norms, and also various biases that we see there, different expectations of what girls and boys should actually pursue as uh, subjects in school, but also in their careers. And uh, we also see that uh, the STEM fields are often viewed as masculine or as a threat to the more traditional picture of caring women, of girls playing with dolls instead of uh, uh, constructing uh, uh, with uh, Lego, for example. And in addition to this, what is important to underline is uh, the role of teachers and parents uh, who often uh, underestimate uh, also the capabilities of girls when it comes uh, to maths, for example, still early in their uh, age. So girls also have uh, fewer role models, as it's been already highlighted by the uh, pre uh, previous uh, speakers. So what we need is uh, to have more role models who can inspire the interest of uh, of girls in these fields and uh, also we need to have more examples and female scientists and engineers. So on the commission side uh, there are various uh, measures uh, that we take to address uh, these uh, issues and let me start first of all by uh, the uh, campaigns which have been already uh, launched uh, by Commissioner Gabriel. Uh, I think Irina already mentioned the SHIELD leads which is a great example and which is also further implemented in the context of the European Year of Youth. Uh, it is focused on young people, but when we talk about uh, women, uh, we also have other uh, campaigns who put uh, researchers, innovators, women in the spotlight. Uh, this is the campaign, uh, the EU Women for Future. Uh, and this is extremely important to celebrate uh, extraordinary uh, women who are active in research, innovation, but also other fields, uh, education, culture and sport. And here we have uh, plenty of examples. Let me just uh, mention uh, two examples. For example, the Maria, uh, Maria Fatima Lucas, who is also a co-founder and the CEO of Zimbo Biomodeling. And this is a company which uh, democratized the use of computer uh, simulations in the development of uh, green chemistry. Another example uh, is uh, Anna Projkova. She's a professor at the Sofia University, and also she's the head of the high-performance computing lab at the Sofia Tech Park. So what we see 
their role models, but we need uh, really to give greater visibility to raise awareness of their experience, of their successes, to share stories about uh, the challenges that they have faced. Um, in addition to promoting role models, we also need to reflect on how STEM subjects are being taught in schools. This is a hugely important uh, um, issue, and this relates with uh, two curriculum, what is taught at schools, but also the skills of uh, teachers. And this is addressed uh, through various uh, uh, means. First of all, at policy level, where we also bring the various experience of member states of what they already have at national level, where we create the environment and facilitate exchange of good practices and upskilling good practices. And the second is also how we support uh, the upskilling and the equipping of teachers with the necessary skills they need in order to become uh, really confident in the use of uh, digital skills when in their teaching uh, practice. And uh, uh, again, we have various initiatives through which we support these uh, uh, endeavors. One final point uh, is the list of activities we are um, actually performing is uh, quite long, is uh, uh, how to use STEM uh, with regard to, and the STEAM approach when it comes uh, uh, to teaching digital skills and STEM. And uh, as you know, we put the focus on multidisciplinary approaches uh, to education with a view to, um, to remove the traditional barriers between subjects and disciplines and to connect uh, the STEM subjects with arts, humanities and uh, social sciences. And of course, uh, this is also uh, a way to uh, tackle both the um, crucial skills shortages, but also a way to encourage the development of transversal skills, which will drive entrepreneurship and uh, innovation. And certainly at our disposal are programs like uh, the Erasmus uh, Plus. And Antoinette, I presume links to all these various initiatives can be found through the website. Absolutely so. Great. Well, thank you for that, because you're answering an audience question which had come in from Alexandra Swanson from She Transforms IT, who was asking about those initiatives. So, Alexandra, I hope we've answered that question for you. You can go to the website and find links to all these various initiatives that connect member states with the EU level for sharing and exchanging information. Um, unfortunately, Irina had to leave us, so although that question was directed to her, I'm glad we've been able to help with it. And I would encourage everyone to keep putting your questions to our panellists in the chat. Let me come back to you, Maria. We heard there uh, Antonetta discussing the, the various uh, challenges and, and the cultural challenges. Do you, I know in your report, it, it was uh, at ages 15 and 16, around 73% of boys were comfortable using electronic devices, whereas only 63% of girls were, and only 3% of those girls would even have considered a career as an ICT professional. Now, that's quite shocking numbers. Um, do you see the problems as primarily cultural, uh, sort of stereotyping, or are there structural issues that there aren't enough teachers to teach STEM subjects to girls? Um, these numbers are mainly for ICT. Fortunately, for other areas of STEM, the, the figures are more favorable. Not yet what we would like to, but they are more favorable than ICT, where we have the big, big gap is ICT. Uh, but my recommendations, I fully agree what uh, has been said, that the, all the initiatives of the Commission are the right initiatives, 
but my strong recommendation is we need to start early. Uh, young girl, uh, the girls make their decision, not the specific decision, but the, the general area where they like or do not like when they are quite young. So we really uh, need that they are not adverse to, uh, to ICT in our, uh, their early age. And I think that the stereotypes of the, the, the young boy uh, playing in the computer, the gaming culture it, it has a, a quite influence on the on on these choices. So we really need to to go against this, and this is up to the to the school. So the teachers here have a, a very important role, and is a fact that we don't have enough. Uh, train teachers in the area of ICT that really cultivate this uh, taste for ICT at a young, very, uh, very young age. And that is uh, something that member states need to look at to, to, to bring this uh, um, to the, the, the schools, primary schools, so very early in the um, uh, in the stage of education. And uh, also the, the higher education system, the universities, they really need to, to, to make an effort to attract more women to, uh, uh, to ICT, to, to STEMs in general, but in ICT in particular. I'm a full professor of mechanical engineer and inside mechanical engineer, I'm from the energy and combustion side uh, so gas turbine combustion and thing working in the lab so quite a, a, a not a, a very male dominant area so in in uh, uh, when i was a student we were two in uh, 150 students and uh, uh, in my university it keeps being like that and uh, i i have asked the the uh, ones let's do the open days, the day where the students are visiting the university, I will take care of the open day. It will be me, because usually was not me, as I was the professor, were younger, uh, but usually uh, male colleagues, because I was the only full professor. So I will do it, this, the, the open day, so I receive all the uh, secondary schools that were visit, visiting the mechanical engineer department. And usually we had one or two girls entering the mechanical engineer department in 200 schools. That year that I did the open day, we had 25 uh, girls entering. And uh, one of the girls was, after the visit, she told me, I like mechanical engineer, but I thought that was not good for me. Uh, probably good for women, but not women that use makeup or dress like you normally dress. She imagined a, a, a lady full of dust and rust and the coal, uh, uh, coal dust. So the, this is very important, that the universities also, when they open up and now they do, they go to high school, they invite the high school to come to see the universities, they, they keep that in mind, that they need to attract more, they need to show that science, that engineering, that ICT is a women's business is not a man's business and this is not and 
that you need to have a critical mass of women also as professors, as teachers, as that have this sensibility to, to, to do this kind of thing. So it's in certain ways a circle. And it's because of that that in sometimes in some areas you really need to have some other measures like we are doing the, the women's on board quotas in order to, to, to break this uh, vicious circle that you only have men that think about the men's issue and they don't attract more women. Uh, and that is very, very important. I, I also want to just say one thing more uh, that was uh, about the, the um, the director of joint undertaking. I was a rapporteur of the 11 joint undertaking. So I received many uh, persons working on the joint undertaking. I received the whole directors. And do you know that was for the first time that I had a report that all the stakeholders in that these areas of the joint undertakers were all men. Uh, so uh, um, we had sometimes some ladies coming to the meetings but they were of or the assistants or administrative support so in the in the active roles directors and important roles on the joint undertakings and related matters that are all very technological they were the digital ones but we had aeronautics the the rail uh, the the bio the biotechnology the the health the pharmaceutical industry they were all male. It's, it's, no, it's no point. If you look at the universities, the best students in Europe, the higher marks, when it's only competence, the, the selection criteria, the best ones, even in these topics of physics and mathematics, are women. But after, they don't go up. So it's something wrong that we really need to, to fix it for the good of Europe. Thank you. Absolutely, that's, that's quite stark. We're talking here about trying to achieve gender parity in representation, but zero representation is a little bit of a shock to hear uh, in this day and age. Um, I think we've all quite underlined how we're all pretty much agreed that, you know, teaching for girls is important, getting girls into the pipeline at the beginning. Um, but I'm, I'm struck by your comment about the so-called leaky pipeline, Maria. So, Let's move forward a little bit and, and look at getting women actually into the workplace and, and what that means and why that's important. And Colette, I'd like to ask you a bit about, we're saying the digital economy for this. How would you define that? Because there's a difference between having women involved at a design or a creation level or at a management level, or women simply as users of digital tools, on the other hand, for their, for their careers. Where do you see gaps? Where do you see necessary pushes on what would you uh, what would you identify there if you had to pick one area to focus on so um so, so getting yes women this is precisely actually what we are looking for is not the women as users but the women as designers for example of chips um we, 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 I don't know if everybody knows about this, but we, the Commission adopted a European Chips Act, as I mentioned, back in February, February this year. And, and the idea of that is really to increase uh, the, the, the footprint in Europe when it comes to both the design and the production of semiconductor chips. Um, and, and, and there's actually been recent um, announcements. There was one from um, Intel just on Monday. Um, 
um, where they Intel plans now to invest billions, tens of billions of euros in Europe. Um, in setting up fabs production, so for production of chips and for research centers also. And I just heard of another one of a Taiwanese company this morning who's also coming to Europe um, to build a fab uh, producing wafers, the substrates on which chips are designed. So um, where are we going? And, and the, this will give rise to, you know, employment. This will give rise to employment hopefully, um, if we can find the engineers, that's the problem. But it certainly it'll give, it'll create uh, thousands of new jobs um, in the areas of microelectronics. So we really do need um, um, active, you know, uh, graduates, engineers who are ready, um, you know, capable of working, contributing here. Um, um, what can we do to get to get the, the these designers, users of chips? Um, um, I, I cannot disagree that we have to start at the level of um, education. Um, um, and sometimes we, we have been discussing this with also with uh, educational institutes. And one of the things about engineering is, you know, we often focus on the engineering task itself, um, but not on what engineering can actually do for society. And I think if students realize that from the very beginning, they may reconsider, you know, their, their, their choice of career. Um, um, so maybe that, that, that's what uh, has been said already. Um, it, it, it has to start early. Um, we're at the point where we are discuss, discussing with both the industries um, and educational institutions as to how we can get more engineers and specifically more en women engineers, because um, uh, as Maria said, I mean, it, it, it's true. You, you do see um, when in, in many courses where there are few women, women in these technical subjects, uh, women do end up at the top of the class. So, you know, um, I think there's no lack of talent. It's a lack of interest, maybe a lack of the right education. We are looking uh, also at, 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 you know, ideas of creating scholarships, um, maybe just for women, um, upskilling types of activities, uh, using vocational institutes. Um, I, I realize I'm probably repeating a lot of what has been said earlier. Um, um, and I don't know if that's, ex let me know if I've answered the question in full, um, because I don't want to repeat too much. Well, I think so. I mean, I think uh, I would like to get and drill down a little bit more into, Ralph, what does it mean for society if, if we're alienating half the potential workforce in these sectors? Well, it, 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 I mean, we, we are all going to suffer if we just look at Europe. As I said, we need more engineers. When companies make choices to invest, for example, um, in particular in, in, in these areas where you do require advanced skills, it's one of the first things they look at before they make their investment, you know, to, 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 before they make their decision to build a fab or a research lab, the, 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 the skill set um, that will be available to them really counts for a lot. Um, 
Um, and, and in Europe, you know, we, we, we have hubs where there are, are you know, which are devoted really to se semiconductors. There are just areas. Some member states have more than one of those types of hubs. Um, but, but, but if we don't create those skills, the companies won't come and, and, and we will fall behind. Um, so it's that simple. It's crucially important. Women make up you know, more or less half of the workforce. Um, um, if we want to lead digital transformation in Europe um, um, and, and part of leading digital transformation is mastering the underlying technologies, we really need those skills. And the only way we can make up the numbers is to have, is to attract more women into these areas. So it is critically important, maybe more important it's not just an equality issue, it's, it, it, it's also an issue almost of economic survival, staying at the forefront. That's, thank you very much, and that's exactly what I was getting at. And Ralph, I'd like your thoughts on this as well. It, it's not just, as I said, about uh, you know, individual careers, it's about a whole ecosystem that creates a more healthy uh, economic environment. Sure, and uh, let, let me add to what Colette started to make. So I'm, I'm also a semiconductor guy. I'm since more than 30 years in semiconductors. And I can say um, the, the, the number of female coworkers that I, I have over this time has significantly increased, but it's still not enough. So we need to do more. So what we typically do, and this is, is, is um, a best practice uh, across the industry that we do things like yearly girls days where we invite especially girls to high-tech sectors to spend a one or two working days there with engineers also with female engineers uh, to make the whole environment more attractive for them this is, is is something that really pays off and it works but it's still not creating enough uh, attraction so we need to do more what else can we do so if i look at the universities so uh, I pretty much liked what Maria said earlier at the universities, and the same is also uh, relevant for the RTOs. We need to have more leadership, more female leadership that shows girls that are going to universities that they can also pursue an academic career and, and move up there. So and with respect to the RTOs, if I look, for instance, at, at Leti, IMAC, Fraunhofer and those, yeah, we also need to have more female in the upper hierarchies there, and um, there is also a lot to do. So, so let's move up there. Last point I want to make is I'm asking my, myself very often the question, if we make good progress with attracting more female talent in the high-tech sectors, like in the semiconductors, what I experience every day, why can't we still move up the female colleagues not faster. So why still why we do still have little management levels, sea levels, but also management levels below that are filled with female talents. The talents are there and I, I do not understand why they can't move up. So it it might might be to some extent a man problem. Yeah? Uh, it might be a thing of competition. But uh, we really need to investigate more why this is not happening.
And it's, this is a must for me for the future because we also need more talent there and we need to have more female there uh, because otherwise it will become mission critical for the growth of the digital sector in Europe. Well, Cynthia, let me put that to you to get your thoughts on this. I mean, attracting women to the workforce obviously is hugely important. We've talked about the importance of young women and girls getting the training, but what about keeping women in the workforce? It's not all just young women, older women as well need support and to be encouraged to stay in their careers rather than drop out at a certain point. Um, we talked a lot as well about the importance of education, but we maybe haven't touched so far on lifelong learning and reskilling women who've maybe had to leave the workforce but want to return to it. I mean, all of these are areas where there seems to be a, a, a male-female disparity. Uh, what's your experience and do you think, is it things like quotas or is it just more of a, a more support is needed for women in the workplace? Thanks a lot for the questions. Actually, it's a, a really interesting one because I think is uh, there are not one single solution. There are many. I think it's basically uh, what is important, let's say women compared to men, they have to face a lot of evolution during their life. So from an example, maternity, coming back to work and uh, let's say quite some changes that at the moment, let's say, uh, they might put some burden also in their family and they have a lot of responsibility there as well. So uh, it's really important to develop also an internal culture inside the companies uh, that brings and encourages some work-life balance. I think uh, uh, as we were saying, uh, like as Ralph was saying, why, why women do not, let's say, reach senior level or like leadership level, and it might be also competition. And sometimes me, uh, women might feel like, okay, if I invest too much on my career, I'm gonna lag behind on my family or other personal matters. So I think it changing uh, a, a bit, uh, let's say, but that is, uh, let's say, is it for uh, women in general, but also for male, I think is trying to, to have a better balance between uh, career work and uh, what is required uh, to reach certain kind of level uh, and their personal life is going to promote more the involvement of women. And I think another thing of how to keep them motivated and um, is also a bit of, uh, let's say, pushing a bit the culture of failing is not a bad thing. Uh, what I've seen so far with our employees is usually women feel more beaten up when uh, they made mistakes. And, uh, but I always think that failure brings way more wisdom than uh, in, in business and life in general. So I, I think also changing, uh, let's say, be more uh, prone and empathic towards, let's say, the, the, the growth of an employee, it's, uh, it's really important. And, and, and for women in particular also, it's a lot about the mission, the final societal impact that you can have. Um, I've seen uh, many young girls in particular that now Maybe they choose to go in a startup job that might be, of, of course, more risky or more, let's say, in terms of uh, salary, less rewarding than a corporate. But they tend to go towards uh, more um, impact in, uh, in, for the society in general. So I think those are, there are different kind of triggers that help women and men. And it's important to find which are, depending on the, your career stage and your age, which are the one that might work the most. Uh, and I think it's also important when uh, hiring uh, women is to, is to be sure that the kind of 
let's say, uh, position that we are looking for. So if if we describe the position as a uh, goal-oriented command, something like uh, competition, then probably there will be less women also attracted by that position or they will, might feel like, okay, it's not something for me. Uh, but instead, that's not true. So I think we should also start to change a bit some uh, societal judgment towards certain kind of approaches or certain kind of words that have more a gender kind of connotation. And it's really important to, to pay attention in the company process itself. It's easier to change the company process towards having be more uh, gender balance than changing the people itself. And let's say people might adapt and follow. Uh, but instead, it's really important to uh, keep in mind all the processes about HR. So uh, let's say thinking about job interviews, but as well as, um, let's say, one-on-one -on -one meeting to give career opportunities or like uh, increasing uh, salaries that we keep in mind uh, if it, our own unconscious bias, uh, as well as, uh, let's say, try to promote more uh, who might have a different kind of opinion than us. Uh, and if usually the leadership is men, then it's uh, it's probably going to be more a clash between a man and a woman on the kind of opinion and how to deliver those opinions. So, yeah, there, there are many, many aspects that can keep women motivated, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I know indeed that there are studies on the use of different language and words in uh, job adverts that uh, uh, unconscious bias, as you say, attract or repel uh, women. Um, in fact, I'm going to bring in a comment from one of our audience members, Erica Gutmann from Sepsis, says, attraction is only just one side of the story. Retaining women in tech positions is just as, if not more, important an issue. A lot of women leave promising careers because of unconscious boys' culture discrimination, unequal pay, etc. It's very important to implement policies that help reduce this. Mandatory unconscious bias training in companies for all employees would be a good start, uh, she suggests. Um, Antonietta, do you agree with that? Yes, I fully agree. I think that this is a, a very pertinent uh, uh, comment. It is extremely important indeed to see how to address these issues and this bias, this culture. I think that I've already touched upon this uh, earlier in my uh, in my comments, but certainly I wanted to react it and actually complement what I've already heard. It's hugely important to start at an early age and there should be concrete measures at various levels, at institutional, systemic level, but also uh, it's important to get girls early uh, in school interested uh, in STEM, in ICT subjects, to also uh, then continue supporting them in order to choose STEM subjects in higher university. But what is, uh, what is crucial, uh, and this comes also from the comment, is how to retain them. So uh, with actions aimed at further mentoring and coaching, uh, girls and women had to be um, continuously supported in this long, long uh, uh, journey. And therefore, I already highlighted in my earlier um, intervention that uh, uh, measures and actions are needed at all levels. And cooperation uh, between public and private um, sectors, uh, companies, uh, 
public uh, institutions is uh, hugely uh, important. Uh, what I do believe is that uh, we already have uh, in place uh, uh, certain measures uh, which are indeed aimed at uh, addressing issues of how to get more girls uh, early interested, supported to equip and develop uh, digital and uh, digital skills and interest in STEM uh, subjects. And uh, we also have uh, uh, many actions and initiatives which uh, aim to support uh, women innovators, for example, uh, in their careers through mentoring and uh, coaching activities. One particular point here uh, I would like to uh, make because I already made the reference uh, to the need of a systemic approach. And I think it was highlighted in the previous um, interventions as well. We need a critical mass. And when we talk about the shortage of uh, women talent, uh, we, we see it also in the broader context of shortage of digital skills. Uh, just let me uh, refer you to uh, the targets that we have under the digital decade, where uh, we have the ambition to uh, have 80% uh, of the population uh, with digital skills by 2030. And uh, we would like to have 20 million ICT professionals by 2030, given that right now in the EU, we have less than 8 million. So this is a very ambitious objective. And this is where we have to work jointly together at all levels, European, national, regional, and local to address them. Because when we talk about these digital skills, they certainly address uh, the need to equip uh, girls and women with uh, the digital skills and have more girls and women in uh, STEM subjects. From that perspective, just let me uh, briefly mention what we are doing uh, uh, on the Commission side uh, jointly with uh, DGAC, but also uh, colleagues from DG uh, Connect, DG Ample, given the various areas and levels that are involved. Uh, a structured dialogue with member states has been uh, launched uh, October last year in order concretely to identify what the member states have as policies, as practices at national level uh, in terms to address the issues of digital education and digital skills uh, and what kind of further support they need uh, to do this. This is an extremely important conversation. We, of course, see different practices. Uh, challenges are very often common, but there are different responses to these challenges and, of course, very particular very particular specificities. So uh, this will be a very important uh, conversation. Uh, it will be certainly uh, uh, important to have uh, in the wider conversation uh, on the uh, digital education and uh, digital skills, the involvement of the private sector. And one concrete, um, concrete uh, uh, result of this uh, uh, dialogue will be indeed uh, to come up with a proposal for a council recommendation for providing um, high quality uh, education in digital skills at all levels of uh, education, including uh, primary uh, school. And uh, I will stop there because uh, I'll be more than happy to give very concrete examples of what we do uh, in order to support uh, girls and women throughout this uh, journey. But I can only say that it is hugely important not only to attract, but indeed to retain uh, women talent. And this is a responsibility uh, where we have to join up um, forces with uh, all uh, sectors across uh, the board, with all uh, actors. Thank you. Thank you. It is indeed a much interconnected area. Um, 
Maria, I've got a question from Silvana. Arby has come in. Digital education in lockdown time has unveiled the essential need of improving the skills of mothers and parents who play key roles in online education and learning. Uh, what measures are envisaged in order to cover that need? Or perhaps you could talk more broadly about the need to involve families in, in this uh, area of getting girls interested in STEM and ICT and these subjects. Um, the role of the families are very important, as important as the school. So in a certain way, at a very early age, it's the, the combination of the, the school and the family that uh, uh, will also have an influence of the uh, combating the stereotypes and attract more women for, for the questions of uh, uh, STEM, mathematics, physics, uh, and, but also do not forget the the digital. Uh, it's very important on the choice of the books, the choice of the, of the toys and the, uh, the, the places, the museums that uh, uh, should be visited. For example, in Portugal, we have a, a very interesting um, experience that is the museum Ciencia Viva, uh, Science Alive, uh, very much de devoted for, for, uh, uh, for young boys and girls to visit, to, uh, to do the experiments and to, to start increasing the, 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 the taste and the, the culture of, of science at very early, uh, early age. So it's uh, all these uh, actions like this that we need to push. But let me go back to the question of the leaky pipeline that, uh, as it was said, as it is as important as attracting. We need to attract more women, but after we need to have um, policies that retain these women on the ICT. And we also have data in the report that shows that uh, the um, uh, dropout in the ICT uh, careers are higher than the other in other careers. The dropout of women, and we suppose is that there are mainly uh, two, 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 two reasons for that. One is uh, general in all the, the in all the uh, areas that is the the, the compatibilization between the, the family life and the private life and work life, and uh, that is as we all know, more difficult for women than for men, taking the, the, the situation that is nowadays, that is still not enough support for uh, the family from, from the, the society itself. So the, the women has, has more uh, tasks uh, in the family as mother, but also taking care of the parents that are aging. Uh, usually the, 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 the role of the women still is like this uh, very, um, it's not yet a common thing that the, the, these uh, tasks are completely shared between the women and men. But the second is all the culture inside the, the, uh, the companies. So because we don't have enough a critical mass of women, uh, the the selection procedures, the environment, the women feels a bit excluded, and this will disappear when we have more women. But until there, uh, we we have the tendencies is again the circles, vicious uh, 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 circles. Until we have a certain critical mass of women, women tend not to feel so well uh, uh, in, in that environment, and uh, the, some drop to work and they 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 take more more care of their uh, family life, but others, and, and most of the case that they drop out, they go to other 
tasks that they feel happier than in the ICT domain. And this is something that we, we need to avoid, that we need to create the conditions that women do not drop out because we have very few women and they, they drop out. And the, the third point is that uh, the glass ceiling, they, it's very difficult for them to go to the top manager because there is not this, this critical mass. And this ecosystem is very important. Uh, there is uh, uh, the promotions in all the, the, the areas is done by competence, by uh, the capabilities, the competence of each other, but there is also an ecosystem, a network that has a lot of influence. Even if we want to try not to be biased, this, this network of people that you know that we circulate is very important in everything, in, in companies, in the institu European institutions, in universities. And if you are not in that network, because usually it's the men network that are prevailing in all these institutions, it's difficult for women to. It's much more difficult for women to go up uh, in the in the career than for men. So it's something, and sometimes to to have positive policies to help the women to go up is until for uh, transitional periods in order to have a critical mass of women. And after we don't need to help the women anymore because they are capable as capable as men but in the initial stage probably we need to be proactive to 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 achieve this critical mass um colette maria's identified there that there seems to be a leakier pipe as it were in the ict or in the chips or in the digital sector than perhaps in other areas we already have plenty of laws around uh, equal treatment in the workplace. Is there something specific to these areas that we need to do more? Does it need more legislation or is it simply more a matter of, of changing mindsets? Hmm. Um, I think it's more a matter of ch changing mindsets, maybe. Um, um, I, I came from, well, I personally I've come from one of those areas. I, I, I did physics and mathematics um, and a PhD in physics. So um, I've grown up in kind of been, uh, spent a lot of my career in, in, in these areas. Um, um, I, I'm wondering, and I don't know if this is the right thing to be wondering, when we're talking nowadays about digital as well, um, um, I'm not sure that we really always grasp the scope of what digital is. Um, um, a lot of us think that it's just about, you know, online, it's the World Wide Web, it's connecting, but there's a lot more to it. Um, first of all, um, that, that's a point I want to make, that it's just, it, it's broader and more exciting, I think, than, than many of us know. Um, and I will point to the area of semiconductors as an example, um, because it was only when we had a crisis in the supply of semiconductors um, that people really became aware that you know this is that that they're so essential to the digital economy. Um, so, 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 and I think a lot of people hadn't heard of chips or ever thought about chips. Um, I know just from being in the area that that was the case. Um, we, we, the whole area has been largely invisible. So I think awareness in general is really important. Um, 
um, in, in the, the whole mindset um, I don't think I can add much more than than what has been said. Um, having gone through it myself, there's lots of experiences where, where you know, often being the only woman um, in meetings when, you, you know, you're the person, at least when I was younger, certainly was a person asked to make coffee, to make photocopies and things like that, which I know it's a personal experience, but, um, and, and, and somewhat anecdotal, but, that attitude, it does prevail, actually, um, um, e e even nowadays. Um, and, and sometimes as a woman, you feel that you, 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 you have to be better, really, if you're, say, applying for a job or something um, like that. Um, you, that's changing, and I think that's due to legislation, actually. Um, I think in the past, um, you, you really had to be better as a woman. Um, um, if, you know, you to, to get a job, it wasn't good enough if you had a man and a woman. One had the feeling that um, the man always got the job if the skills were equal and the qualifications were equal. So legislation, I have to say, has helped, but I, I do think awareness um, generally about um, um, awareness also by men um, oh, oh, counts for a lot as well. Um, I'm trailing off a little bit because I think, yeah, I'm just kind of agreeing what has been said beforehand. Well, I think you've identified a couple of things there that I find apt. Firstly, that anecdotal stories actually add up to more than anecdotes when they're being told over and over again by women across different sectors and, and across different age groups as well. So I think I'd never be afraid of saying that this has happened to me or someone I know because it does reflect perhaps an underlying problem. And secondly, I think you're absolutely right in that we are struggling a little bit to even define what is the digital economy. As you say, it ranges from, from everything from industry 4.0 to, to you know, medical devices to, to online careers, as it were. Um, we're, we're getting towards the end of our time, but uh, Ralph and Cynthia, I want to ask a couple more questions of you. Ralph, first, we've talked a bit about um, the need to keep women in the, the various disparities. What I want to add is another layer on top of that. Do we see that perhaps women from more disadvantaged backgrounds, be that less socially privileged, be that for, for racial reasons, be that for, for societal reasons, who are already disadvantaged are at an extra layer of disadvantagedness when it comes to trying to break into these industries? Yeah, so it's not easy to answer, I must say, uh, because uh, these, these, these disadvantages may apply to, to men as well. So... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if this is really, really the gender balance uh, topic that we are discussing today, if this is really a, an additional hurdle. Um, so, so I tend to say it is not an issue. Uh, but it might be an issue in certain countries, companies, sectors, or whatever. So, so, so I, I cannot answer fully because I'm, I'm not in all the details there. But I can at least say in the company I'm working for and in the companies I used to work before, it has not been an issue. 
Um, let, let me add, if I'm allowed, one other point that, that I, I think is very important and I want to build on what Cynthia said earlier. So in the future, due to the fact that the, uh, the access to, to talent will be the limiting factor if you are successful in the digital future or not, companies, universities, um, institutions that already learned that they need to change the way uh, of working that we used to know now pretty much during this corona pandemic. Um, people that make progress there, that allow hybrid working, that allow better life, work life balancing, that do not, that focus on output and not on time spent in the company, that allow for a better family life, uh, that also allow men to maybe uh, take the, the maternity leave and instead of women that we also see and instruments like that. Those, those will be more successful in the future than others. That, that's pretty clear. That's obvious. And therefore, there must come a change because those that will not do change in the future, in that respect, they will fall behind. And, and, and then it automatically uh, goes to the better. So, but this is something we need to make more clear to, to the world that this is something uh, people want. And last point, we also need to point out what the purpose of digital technologies are. So, um, because men, but maybe even more women, they want to work for a purpose. This is what I experience. And if we better point out what you achieve with your contribution you do in your job in the digital space and what the purpose is for saving the planet, for allowing a better life, then I think we can attract more. Thank you. Um, Cynthia, let me ask you then, we've, we've talked about a lot of different areas that are important to increasing the number of women in the workplace or women founders like yourself. Now, I know Beyond is based in the Netherlands, but we see a big discrepancy around different countries. Some, for example, offer better maternity of, of packages. Some have better uh, education levels for girls and younger women. Do you see any particular model to follow? Is there a particular uh, example that you think works well? Or is there, do you need to shop around to find the right place for yourself as a woman founder? Uh, I believe there is not a solution. Every company is different. Every Also, the kind of topics, there are topics that are able to attract more women than others. So definitely, you have to go shopping and look at other, let's say, more corporate, but also their startup to get inspired. So, and, and I have to say that is uh, not, a, let's say, a fixed model. Uh, you might need to change it by time uh, based on the company and how it's growing. So to always be also relevant because there are not that many talents out there and you have to not only try to attract them from uh, corporates, but also from other startups. So uh, definitely, let's say there is uh, not a single policy that might be valid every time. What I've, I, I've seen and experienced by also, also in my career by myself is that uh, people get more inspired and you can retain more women if you give them the chance to prove themselves. And sometimes some, uh, some, some women were feeling like lacking behind compared to men uh, in, based on their responsibility, but also like uh, 
what I'm trying also is that to make them responsible or a certain amount of budget, let's say, see the whole uh, evolution, not only on the technical side, but also be involved on the business side. It can help in uh, the, the whole team and also in particular the, the women inside to, to know the whole story. And okay, I can imagine that for corporate it's going to be a, a way more complex. Uh, but in startup that we, uh, that we have some advantage because we are more flexible and we are uh, rather small. Uh, what I've seen is that uh, also to keep more women involved and uh, in the technical side, an example, of course, it's really hard to keep a 50-50% balance uh, because, of course, there are less uh, women out there that have performed some STEM studies. But that doesn't mean that uh, uh, they cannot interact maybe with more the, the commercial part that might have more women. So I think it's the integration of thinking about uh, the problem as a combination of many inputs, many uh, fields will help uh, women to to stay and that's a bit the kind of policy that I'm trying to do I'm trying to uh, to push uh, both genders so not only the women but also the men in the company to pursue something let's say once a week uh, a task that is not in their main job but that might want to experience so uh, I think it's uh, it's an, an empathy empathy is really important let's say sometimes it's seen as a weak uh, point to be too much empathic, uh, or uh, but I, I think is that if we put ourselves in the shoes of the other, it is important to to evaluate certain kind of uh, stage or performance that might have to work because okay, personal life influence, and even if we keep on saying keep the personal life outside the work is gonna have an impact anyhow, so it's important to to take also those things in a, in account. Well, thank you very much. Very well said. And I think that's a great point to wrap up because we are out of time. I will remind people that if they look in the chat, they can find links to some of those initiatives we were talking about. That's uh, EIT Girls Go Circular. There's the EU Prize for Women Innovators. There's EU Women for Future campaign. There's dozens down there. There's codeweek.eu. You can find those links there in the chat. Thank you very much to all our speakers. Obviously, we were not going to solve this eons-long issue in just an hour and a half, but I think we've identified lots of key points, and I'm sure at least we've contributed to the conversation. So please do keep that going online by using the hashtag KDTJU. Thank you all very much. Do join us again soon at Your Active for more events that hopefully will inspire and inform.